fly around. Little green peas from the ground. Buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop 'em black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show that is dedicated to the people of our Appalachian region who produce, prepare, and preserve our foods and agricultural products. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. Our theme song was sung, arranged, and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee, and we just couldn't be more proud of this talented young woman. Today, we are setting the table with a place where you can check out and contribute heirloom open-pollinated seed, a seed library. We visit today with the woman behind the seed library, Sheila Pennycuff from the Blount County Public Library. Also, we get to hear from Fred Sossman at Johnson City and his potluck radio series with a visit with Ingrid Moore, who arrives at 5 a.m. every morning to cook at the German restaurant Idlewise in Stanton, Virginia. And if you're listening by radio today, I've got a real pretty number from Carter and Ralph Stanley. Thank you so much for tuning in today, whether it be on the podcast or by the radio broadcast. It is just an honor and a privilege to have your good company. Now let's get started. Let's head back on over to Blount County in the eastern portion of Tennessee. It's a county that borders the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, and we're going to a little town called Maryville, Tennessee. And in that town is a really good public library the Blount County Public Library. And in this library is employed a really interesting woman. Her name is Sheila Pennycuff, like the cuff on a shirt. And she's the woman behind the seed library at the Blount County Public Library. The mission statement of the seed library is as follows. The seed library at the Blount County Public Library exists to empower local home gardeners to grow, save seed, learn about the history, culture, and growing of all kinds of plants with an emphasis on Southern Appalachian heritage varieties and share a portion of the seeds of their harvest back to the community. Let's join Sheila right now and have her tell us more about this seed library and if you'd like, how you can be part of it even if you don't live in Blount County. I started off our conversation asking her how she started the seed library and why she's so passionate about saving heirloom, non-GMO, open-pollinated seed. Nashville Public started theirs five years ago, and so I had been watching them because they had their own Facebook page and Mm -hmm. everything on their website, and... I contacted the lady who started that, Catherine Bryant, and she let me come over and ask any kind of questions I wanted to, and 
I got to see the behind the scenes workings and how they did things. And they actually started with one branch and then just last year they spread to all branches. So, and she said last year they checked out 10,000 seeds packs. That's wonderful. Yeah, so she's been really helpful. And if I ever have a question, I can just email her and she always, you know, answers me. I'd like to do that to help someone if I could. And I think the more information we share, the better. And the seed saving community is so, it's like a family. It's, you know, John Quakendall and Bill Best and just everyone is so friendly and they want to, you know, John jokes about he's a seed evangelist, but he's spreading the gospel, seed saving. It's just the neatest little community and we can help each other and it's true. form all kinds of seed libraries. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, there's no bad to it. It's all good. It 100%. is. 100%. It is. On the subject of saving seeds, why are you so passionate about doing this? You know, I didn't used to be. Um, I am a recent convert. <laughs> and, you know, I, like I said, growing up, my, my grandpa had a big garden. My dad always had a big garden. My grandfather was a seed saver. He was from Harlan County, Kentucky, and he had been a coal miner and you know, was born in 1903. And when you grew up in Harlan County, coal miner, you saved seeds, you saved everything. It, they were poor. You know, they save their seeds from year to year just to survive. So, and uh, to escape the coal mines in 1950, he moved the family to Cincinnati. And so I'm from Cincinnati. I was born and raised in Cincinnati. My dad was there from the time he was six. And then when my dad started gardening, you know, is when the hybrids and the seed companies started um, coming into being. And he would just go get his seeds at the local hardware store, wherever. He did not save seeds. It was just easier, and I think everyone started doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and so we started losing the different varieties. And I didn't know until I think I heard John Quickendall talk about it for the first time. Uh, he came to the—I used to be a master gardener for Sevier County, and he came to one of our master gardener days— we had at Smoky Stadium, he did a talk. And that was the first time I'd ever met him. I think it was 2006, maybe. He came and did a talk about seed saving and his organic practices at Blackberry Farm and talked about how we had lost 93% of our crop varieties since 1903. And I think that study was done in like 1983 by the USDA. So we've not had a recent one. I think maybe the UN did one, but that just really hit home with me. We've lost 93% of our crop varieties. That's carrots, lettuces, tomatoes. We can't keep losing <laughs> mm-hmm. because that's what happened to the um, Irish potato famine when they, you know, just had the one variety and then they had the blight. So I think that just finally hit me. I don't I don't think I'd ever heard that before. Um, I don't know if your listeners had seen this article, but it was a really good one when you're trying to understand about the varieties we've lost and what's going on with today's seed companies and how only a few companies now own most of the world's seeds. There was a good piece in the New York Times back in June called Save Our Food, Free the Seed. If your listeners just Google that, they can bring that article right up. It is Graphics are great. It's just a good explanation of what's happening to our seed and our food supply. I think when I finally understood that, it hit me because I've been a gardener my whole life. I never saved seeds. I'm embarrassed to say it. (laughs) 
So anyway, I heard John speak that year, and after that, I really started reading more and learning more. And just recently, um, I've been reading Bill Best's books that he wrote. Bill Best is the founder of the Sustainable Mountain Agriculture Center in Berea, Kentucky. Right now, he's 84 years old. He has saved seeds for... I forget what he said, maybe 70-some years. (laughs) So he has saved a lot of seeds. And his books, I just want to tell the listeners about his book, Saving Seeds, Preserving Taste, uh, by Bill Best. is his first book, and it's about heirloom seed savers in Appalachia. And then he's got a second book that just recently came out called Kentucky Heirloom Seeds, um, all more about the seeds of Kentucky. But they're all, all the uh, seeds in the books are from Southern Appalachia. And so that really, um, after I read his two books, that really brought home for me what a rich culture of seeds and foods we have in this area and what a shame it would be to lose those. And so as a library, we are preservers of history and seeds are our living history. So we cannot lose these seeds. Anyway, that's kind of how I came to it. Preach it, sister. (laughs) Preach it. And you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. We're visiting with Sheila Pennycuff, the woman behind the Seed Library at the Blount County Public Library in Maryville, Tennessee. After a short break from our sponsor, Century Harvest Farm Foundation, we'll return with Sheila, and she's going to share details on the qualities of seed that are in the collection of this seed library, how the seed library works, more on the process of how to save true seed, links and materials to help you learn how to do this yourself, and also details on a program that they offer on becoming a master seed saver. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table is brought to you in part by Century Harvest Farms and Century Harvest Farms Foundation in Greenback, Tennessee. A sustainable farm in East Tennessee producing 100% grass-fed beef and other wholesome farm products. Preservative-free grass-fed charcuterie, preserves, pickles, and jams. Also home to the community-serving, food-insecurity-fighting Century Harvest Farms Foundation. Details at centuryharvest.org. And here's an event I thought you might be interested in. Late afternoon through this evening, August 3rd, Dancing Bear Lodge in Townsend, Tennessee will host an annual fundraising event, Bacon and the Bear, which benefits New Hope Children's Advocacy Center in Maryville, Tennessee. And this is part of the three-day Vittles and Fiddles weekend. Beginning early evening with a farm and artisan tent set up on the lawn featuring several regional farmers, one with her own lye soap, a beekeeper and sorghum maker, artisans like myself, and also John and Ashley Koykendall with their heirloom seed and stories. And this is followed by a celebration of Appalachian cuisine with 12 visiting regional chefs at 12 different chef stations, offering up food steeped in Appalachian tradition, along with live music, wine and bourbon samples, and a silent auction. Again, all to benefit New Hope Children's Advocacy Center in Maryville, Tennessee. More information, dancingbearlodge.com. 
and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. We're visiting with Sheila Pennycuff, the woman behind the Seed Library at the Blount County Public Library in Maryville, Tennessee. Let's join back up with Sheila right now. So we want open-pollinated, non-GMO seeds. So open-pollinated are just varieties that have been grown for successive generations and their physical and genetic qualities are stable. And these seeds will be true to type when you save them. So now, you know, most seed packets, if you go into the store, they will tell you whether or not it's open-pollinated heirloom or hybrid. So you need to look for that if you're going to grow something and then donate the seeds or save the seeds. Boy, that is so, so, so important. And, and these seeds have been selected, you know, they're, they're heirloom seeds, they're heritage seeds that people have grown for generations. And so year after year, they selected the best, they selected the most disease resistant. So when you grow those seeds now, you do have disease resistant seeds. You have, you have the best tasting, you have the hardiest, the best shape. I was just reading about the Willard Wynn tomato. It's on the cover of Kentucky Heirloom Seeds. It's the Willard Wynn. That is like my favorite tomato now. And I, had, I have to admit, I had never tried one till this year. <laughs> uh, Willard Wynn, if you read in the book here, he talks about Willard Wynn. He actually was from Harlan County, Kentucky, and worked and worked and worked with this tomato, I guess, over many years, and ended up in Rockcastle County. So, but I had stopped at the Lexington Farmer's Market this summer and actually got a Willard Wynn tomato from one of Bill Best interns. Oh my goodness. That was the best tomato I've ever had. So next year I'm growing Willard Wins um, in addition to my turkey purples. Now tell me how the seed library works. So the seed library um, is set up to where you can check out five packs of seeds per card per month. And that's how we set it up for right now. We didn't know what kind of demand we were going to have, so we didn't want to be wiped out of seeds in the very beginning. So we may change that next year. We'll, we'll talk amongst our committee. We have a committee of seed library volunteers from the Blount County Master Gardeners, and we may up that limit. We may, I know Nashville Public has come to the realization that they don't need a limit. You can check out as many as you want, and maybe we'll get there. But for right now, that's the limit. Um, you do have to have a Blount County card. We're supported by our Blount County friends who work really hard for the library and they give us the funds to, to get more seeds and our materials. So if you don't have a Blount County card, you can get a membership for $25 a year. You know, our whole goal is to try to educate people on how to save seeds and how to save true seeds properly so that we don't get, you know, hybridized seeds back and people then check them out again and hey big surprise <laughs> you know this isn't a hybrid seed does not produce true seed to type so a hybrid is basically a cross of two varieties so if you don't maintain the proper isolation distances you're going to get a hybrid so that's why we really try to educate people with our programs and our books um, we have a protocol here in our this is our seed library guidelines you can pick up at the library is that also uploaded on y'all's website? Yes, this is also on our website. All our resources are on our website under the Seed Library um, resources. And then we ha also have links to many other resources, UT, 
extension has a lot of good resources that we link to. Um, um, so we urge people, if you're going to save seed, then know what you're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Know the protocol. And if you don't ask questions, we've got books to learn, and then we've got programs. So our whole goal is for you to save seeds and then give some seeds back so that we're a community seed exchange. No, and and it, it does require work. I mean, seed, mm-hmm. seed saving, you have to educate yourself. You have to gain the knowledge. You have to learn about cross-pollination. You have to learn how far apart you can plant things. Mm-hmm. You have to learn the different seed-saving techniques. So mm-hmm. we are really trying to link people up to those people who can help them. So whether that's John Quickendall or we've got a Ben Cohen coming August 28th. And he's going to be here two to four. He said his Seed Saving 101 program that he's doing will be for ages 10 and up. So, you know, older kids can learn. So we're just trying to link people together with those seed savers who can help them understand the um, the cross-pollination and the different techniques, fermentation and all that. Because it's a little bit tricky. So we're really trying to bring people together. So um, on August 28th from two to four... Ben Cohen, who is the founder of the Michigan Seed Library Initiative, is going to be here from Michigan. And he has written a couple of books on seed saving and seed stories, and he's just a phenomenal um, person to help instruct people on seed saving. So he's coming. He's going to do a program called Seed Saving 101. He's going to go over basics for all the big um, vegetables that people grow, tomatoes, corn, beans, that type of thing. And it's for anybody ages 10 and up. So we hope you'll come and learn more about seed saving. Is there a, a admission charge? To it's attend? absolutely free, and it's going to be in the Sharon Lawson room of the library. Wonderful. And details at Blunt County Public Library homepage? Yes, and if you follow us on Facebook, we'll have an event so you can follow that and get reminders. We're starting a master uh, seed saver club. Are so you? to encourage people to learn more about seed saving and um, you know do a better job at saving true seed, we are going to have a master seed saver club. And the requirements are that you need to attend one seed saving program that we offer. You need to read at least one seed saving book from a list of books. Um, one of which is Suzanne Ashworth's Seed to Seed, um, but there are several others that you can read. And we ask that you return at least 10 packs of seeds to the seed library in the fall. And if you didn't grow those uh, seeds, you can buy non-GMO, open-pollinated seeds from you know rep- reputable source and then donate those. And if you become a seed, master seed saver with us, we're going to have a special seed preview where people can come early before the seed library actually opens on March the 1st. Yeah, February 11th, 2020, we'll have a special preview day where only the master seed savers can come and check out seeds first. So any cool, unique heritage seeds that we've got, you'll be the first ones to have first dibs on that. And we're doing that because I know a lot of people um, start their tomatoes on Valentine's Day. So, and then um, also we're going to have seed library t-shirts that you'll get and maybe some other swag. So we really hope that people will 
join our Master Seed Saver Club. There, so I think on Instagram I saw a picture of your granddaddy, and can you tell me a little bit more of him, his name? Yeah, his name was Denver Holmes. He was from Harlan County, Kentucky. He was born in 1903. He was a coal miner there at Lynch, the mine at Lynch, worked for U.S. Steel. But, you know, when he was younger, he lived with his family in the Rock Castle County area, and his mother died of typhoid and lost three of his siblings to typhoid at the same time, and it was just he and his dad left. Mm-hmm. And his dad basically took him to Harlan, dropped him off with some cousins, and said, see you later. <laughs> oh, mercy. So he really grew up with his cousins, um, mm. and they were moonshiners. They, they made moonshine, and he would haul it up here to Knoxville for them. And he got caught during Prohibition, and so he spent two years in the federal penitentiary in Ohio. And, of course, he never wanted to I always thought that was so cool, but (laughs) he never wanted to talk about it. He was really embarrassed of that. And, you know, really the family didn't talk about it until years after he died. But Now it's so romanticized. Yeah. And he was just trying to make a living. He was, was, because they were so poor. And I think he was, uh, he worked in a sawmill or something, cutting logs. Mm-hmm. I've gone back and did a little bit of research on Ancestry.com about him, and I found him as a prisoner in the really? penitentiary yeah, on the list. And then I also found him in a boarding house when he was like 17, and um, it said he was a logger because, you know, it lists their occupation. But he had a hard life, and he was he was always a gardener. He always had a big garden. He grew greens and half runners and McCaslin beans and uh, all kinds of tomatoes. And I don't. I asked my dad what kind of tomatoes he grew. My dad couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know he's got dementia now, so he can't remember a lot. But. Um, yeah, he was just a, a really interesting character. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah, and he um, he died in 1991, so I was only 21. I was in college. Mm-hmm. And just a dumb kid, I, not thinking about getting people seeds or seed saving or <laughs> mm-hmm. anything like that. So, you know, I, it makes me sad to think back that nobody saved his seeds and stuff. And I've thought about... I'd really like to go back to Harlan, the Cumberland, Benham, Lynch area, and just kind of do some poking around, see if I could find somebody who might remember him, or mm-hmm. maybe a feed and seed store, or I don't know. I know that area's just so depressed and dying, mm-hmm. so I don't, I'm not sure what would be left. Just might be somebody. There might be, and then also um, my aunt, my great-great-aunt, lived in London, Kentucky, and she lived to be 108 years old, and she was a gardener, and I know she saved seeds um, and had a huge garden, and so I'd kind of like to go back and research her as well and see if I can find any of her relatives or neighbors or something who might have had her seeds. Absolutely. So her name was Margaret Howard, um, and she died the same year he did, 1991. So I am thinking I'm going to go on a little quest. And I've, I've asked some relatives, do you know somebody who might know that somebody who might have seeds <laughs> that they had? And nobody seems to know. So I think I'm going to just have to go 
maybe to the local library, maybe to the local feed store mm -hmm. where they sell seeds and just kind of do some research, mm -hmm. see if I can find anybody. But I'd really like to try to find some of their seeds they had because, you know, a lot of the seeds that Bill Best talks about in these books came from Harlan County. Mm-hmm. And sure does. Uh, like I was talking about that Willard Wind tomato, that guy went from Harlan to Rockcastle County, which is where London is. I bet you a dollar so, your granddaddy ate that tomato. I bet that they traded those. Could be. I'd like to think that anyway. I know, I would too. So, <laughs> But that would just be so cool if I could... the best method for people to contact you if they wanted to get in touch with you? Um, if they want to get in touch with me, my email address is spennycuff, that's S-P-E-N-N-Y-C-U-F-F, -F, at blunttn.org. Sheila Pennycuff, the woman behind the Seed Library, Blunt County Public Library, thanks so much for taking some time and visiting today. You're welcome. It's a pleasure, and it's it's a lot to learn, and we're just learning as we go. So we're not perfect, but we're just starting and growing as we can. You're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. My guest today has been Sheila Pennycuff, the woman behind the Seed Library at the Blount County Public Library. More information about this Seed Library on their website, Blunt tn.org slash 1464 slash seed dash library or as always I've placed links to this and all of the resources that she mentioned and all of my guests and events that I make mention of on each show on my website tennesseefarmtable.com under the link that says listen to the show. Also if anyone listening may have known Denver Homes near Harlan, Kentucky and may have received seeds from him or swap seeds, Sheila would certainly like to talk with you to try to find some of the seed that her grandfather saved and shared. Up next is our friend Fred Sossman from Johnson City with his Potluck Radio series with a visit with Ingrid Moore, who arrives at 5 a.m. every morning to cook at the German restaurant Idlewise in Stanton, Virginia. This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Sossman. If you walked past Edelweiss German Restaurant in Stanton, Virginia early in the morning, you might think remodeling was going on. But the banging sound does not come from a hammer. It's Ingrid Moore tenderizing pork for her schnitzel dishes. First of all, you have to bang it out really good to tenderize it. All the schnitzel dishes at Edelweiss are pan-fried in black iron skillets. Cast iron works the best for schnitzel. Ingrid is a native of Karlsruhe, Germany. She settled in Virginia's Shenandoah Valley because it reminded her of home. But she first came to Queens, New York when she was 23. I had five houses to clean, but that's how I learned English. Talk to any Edelweiss regular and usually the first word mentioned is authentic. You know what? I use the recipes for my parents, uh, for my mother or my grandmother. It's exactly what I use. I made them commercial. You know that you can make them big. 
in the beginning, I always I had to do it all myself because I, I know the taste, how it has to taste, the red cabbage or something like that. But I didn't have one where you make it five gallons. My grandfather was a butcher. Even my brother was a butcher. I learned a lot from them. They showed me a lot how to cut meat. You can catch me every morning at 5 o'clock here. Ingrid Moore is almost 80 years old. Yeah, I'm a morning person. I, I don't even have to set the clock in the morning. I just get up because I still love to cook. For Potluck Radio at Edelweiss in Stanton, Virginia, I'm Fred Sausman. This is Clint Smith, syrup maker from East Tennessee, and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee, for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.